Hey everybody, I'm Larry Little, and you're listening to Crossing the Line, a podcast where we talk with people about the moments in their life when they cross the line from leading with just their head to leading with their heart. Today on the show, I'm having a conversation with Ashley Ashwander. Ashley is an incredible young entrepreneur who shares with us how she has navigated this journey of leadership, both personally and professionally, as a mom, as a wife, as an incredible woman leader. Uh, It's a fast-paced conversation, so put on your safety belt and let's jump into that conversation right now. Wow, I'm excited about today's podcast. Uh, We have uh, a leader with us today who's not just a leader, but she's one of the cool young leaders um, in our in our area. She's actually my neighbor um, from a business perspective, and I'm so excited to have Ashley Ashwander with us today. She is a, an amazing leader. I've watched her throughout our local community and even now beyond that, and I can't wait for you to get to know Ashley. She's just one of those people you need to know, and now you have an opportunity to do that. Ashley, welcome to Crossing the Line. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Larry. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, my goodness. I tell you, Ashley, you've had quite a journey. Uh, We want to talk about, you know, you knew what pivoting was all about before pivoting became, you know, the thing. And uh, you you did that years ago and had to do that. And I want to, I want you to tell us a little bit about that. I want you to tell us a little bit about your journey. And then uh, the brand new business that is exploding. We're going to talk a little bit about that. That is so awesome. Uh, And, but then, I want to talk about Ashley. We got to find out what makes you tick. You know, we as we cross the line as leaders from from not just pivoting and coming up with innovative, creative things like you are amazing at, but also leading not just that's our head, but also leading from our heart, right. and in understanding the importance of family and relationships. And you're so awesome at that as well. So. Uh, I want to take us back, if you will, Ashley. Take us on a journey. Here you are, um, your husband Charlie. You guys, did you meet? Where did you meet? So we actually met here in Decatur. We, he and I are both originally from Decatur, Alabama. We, uh, he is a little bit, he's older than I am, Larry. Uh, only about three years. But uh, anyway, so we, uh, we were friends growing up in high school and college, but uh, we did not start dating until we both lived in Nashville, um, Tennessee after college. You are kidding me. That's, that's great. So, so you start dating, you get me. We're going to go back and talk about that in, in a bit. But I want to talk about, you decided that you would go into business. Let's start right there. How, what, what happened? How did you start that first business? So it kind of really even goes back to high school, um, living here in Decatur. Um, I worked all the time, um, pretty much from the time that I was 16 and could drive. I worked at um, Jimmy Smith Jewelers, a local you know, jewelry store. Um, I've done babysat, but worked also at um, Grisham Cornell Gallery, which was an art gallery here and loved that. So I've been in small business a lot. So here's your first clue. Uh, Ashley worked all the time. It is a reoccurring pattern that we find in leaders as we talk to them. Leaders who are truly doing something uh, have learned how to work. Um, and then in college, I worked at a um, children's clothing store in Auburn. So being around small business, I learned very quickly it was hard, but I also learned that I loved it. I loved the flexibility. I loved the the idea of, of creating a brand and creating, you know, your own entity. Um, I love the idea of buying for it, you know, just all the different things. So in the back of my mind, I always had an idea that I would be in business somehow for myself. 
Wow. So, and, and that dream came through, came true back what in 2000, what, 2009 ish or 2008 ish? 2007. So Charlie and I were living in Birmingham. We got married. Um, we lived in Nashville, both of us into, in Birmingham, got married and then we're in Birmingham. And then I found out through friends that a store here in Decatur um, was for sale that I'd always you know, loved going into and loved shopping with. And we basically in the matter of about 48 hours from finding out that it was for sale, um, put an offer in, had it under contract, and <laughs> I was ready to move back to Decatur. It was kind of a whirlwind, but um, luckily it was, it was a family friend. And so that made things a little bit easier um, mm -hmm. that once she and I spoke and connected and realized that this was a good, a good fit for both of us and a good sell, then um, it was just a matter of, of getting all the ducks in the row as far as legal and accounting and, um, and moving forward. So here you go with your dream. You bought a business, you're ready to go, everything's rocking, and then the recession. Yes. So yeah, the first year was amazing. And you know, I've looked back different times at our numbers thinking, man, if we still made that much every day, you know, just easy walk-in traffic, you know, not having to seek people out on internet or social media. Um, it was a good time. Um, and yeah, definitely pre-internet where everyone bought bought local because really that's all you could do. Amazon was not booming at the time. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so we had about a good year and a half of business and then the recession hits. Um, and it was, it was bad. Um, you know, our, our business not only, you know, decreased, but the expendable income, everything that we sell at my store is a paper and gift store. And so everything we sell is the extra things, you know, the, the luggage or um, the stationery. No, no one was writing thank you notes because no one was getting gifts. <laughs> you know, all the, the extra fun things. And then to top it off, um, I don't think I've told you about this, the store flooded. Um, we, yeah, we were about to move into a different location at the end of our two, we had a two year lease on the first building. And towards the end, I had a friend that had bought a building down the street and said, you know, let's put our businesses together. This will be great. And it really, it was, it really was going to be great. Um, and we started doing renovations. I paid for them out of my own pocket, you know, and about, we were in the building for a month to the day. So we moved, got all our paper, paper into a paper and gift store. And, um, overnight one of the it was in the fall and one of the hurricanes had come up through the gulf and um and so it was really strong winds at the time my friend that owned the building they were replacing the roof which was wonderful um but the tarp that had been um, right. patched down flipped backwards so it double covered her side and it basically rained in my store overnight um awesome. so yeah let me tell you paper paper and gifts don't don't <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good combination. So we move back again. And so, you know, it's blessings and curses. Blessings and curses. Uh, Ashley is aware of both and having the ability and the desire, ha having the fortitude, if you will, to navigate both. Uh, that's what makes her such a strong leader. A great leadership lesson for us all. Navigating blessings, but also navigating curses. You know, we're we had great insurance, you know, as I'm, and all of my friends, and God bless them. It was awful. Um, they all came in and started helping count inventory and count things because, you know, with insurance to file the claim, you got to have it pretty accurate because I kept thinking, there's no way they're going to believe me that this much is ruined, but it was because anything that dirty water touched, it was gross. Oh, wow. Even if we tried to salvage, you know, we'll look at it. 
we will still find things every now and again of paper that I tried to salvage, scrap paper, and you'll see a brown line, and immediately I know, <laughs> I know where that's been. Oh, uh, gotta go. So, so you had that. So you had a, you know, the excitement, and now the flood. Yes. And, and then you had the recession. Is that right? Right. So then the recession really set in. Um, so we were finally moved back to our new location again once it was dried out properly and re-renovated. Re um, so we moved in and, and then that's when, you know, the recession obviously was not going anywhere. Um, and that's kind of where weddings really began taking off for me. Um, I had a, a, one of my best friends from high school actually works in the wedding industry also in Birmingham. And she asked me to help run the day of schedule for, for, for her sister's wedding. So, um, of course, I agreed. She, my friend, I love her. Um, she and I both are kind of known as the bossy ones in our group. I know, you can't imagine that. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, I would do this, but I'm going to be in the wedding, but I need you to do it because I know you can, you know, you can tell everybody what to do. I'm like, yep, I'm your girl. I can, I can boss you around really easily. So, um, so that's what we did. So I um, ran her wedding and um, it went great. And at first I was like, oh, that was so much work. I don't want to do that again. And I was like, wait a minute, no one else is doing this. It is so much work, but I can do it. Don't miss what Ashley did here. Uh, there was a situation she couldn't control, the recession. So she found a way to be innovative, to try something that she had not done before. She knew it was going to be a lot of hard work, but once again, great leaders are not afraid of hard work. So she jumped in, she tried, and it was successful. Great characteristic from a great leader. So, and it was, it just was such an easy segue for the paper chase, my paper store, because I've got these brides coming in, looking at wedding invitations, throwing their wedding merchandise. Um, I just mentioned to them casually, hey, I also direct and plan weddings. It took off. Um, so I've tried to always limit it to about six to eight brides a year, um, which right now I'm more on the eight side, just right. because it, it's a lot of work. And not that I don't love working with all of them, but... <laughs> The hours, as you well know, any, anything where you're in a personal business, the hours you put in are not at equal to the hours you get paid for. That's exactly right. You get paid with that, I think, because you're never going to be compensated completely if you were to keep a time clock and say, oh, you know, time's up, you know, but we've only gotten through half of our, you know, planning session or conversation, you know, I'm not going to push them out the door. Wow. So. And I, you know, I'm just a guest, actually, but I would guess that Working with brides, um, that's not always the easiest thing to do during that stressful time and trying to please them and, and trying to have great customer service. But the, I think that that could be a challenge in and of itself, huh? My two favorite lines are telling people, A, there's no such thing as a perfect wedding. And if we, if we erase that from the beginning, that's always my, my mantra, you oh. will not have a perfect wedding because that way it just you kind of automatically relax. Like there are things that are going to go wrong and there's things that we can control. We can't control things that just, there's no way anyone have ever, you know, expected. Um, and then also I tell everyone also Moonlight is a therapist. So if you're ever hiring Larry, I, I have some, um, <laughs> because that is what I do. I talk. I love, talk. Actually, I love it. I we'll, talk. we'll talk after the podcast. Perfect, perfect. Because you know, the mothers, the mothers have one view generally and, and, and this is a very general statement because every wedding is different as far as the makeup and the parents and the, the you know, dynamics. But generally, the mother has one view and her list of priorities, you know, I always ask the brides, you know, what are your top three things that you're excited about or want to make sure we do? Her top three and the bride's top three generally never match. 
And so it's, you know, managing expectations and, and helping them a lot of times to, to work well together. Um, and sometimes I've got people that come in on the same page and it's great, or one is the, is the major lead and the other is just kind of there for moral support. Um, but it goes both ways between the mothers and the daughters. <laughs> Ashley, you deserve, you have earned your cred as a therapist for navigating all of that. It's amazing. That was rocking and rolling. And then you decided, let's, hey, boy, people are going other places for weddings. Let's create a venue. And you did. And, and things were hopping on that. And then the, uh, then the pandemic, as this thing was just growing, I watched the, your venue, the Albany just, just take off and explode. Um, the, the coronavirus hits us. And then you decided, as, as it's amazing that, that as you've done your, your whole professional career, you decided I need to, um, wow, I got to do something different. I got to pivot. And what'd you do? So basically, I've referred to the Albany as my indoor storage unit. Um, right. and, um, <laughs> right. So it's serving it's that purpose really well. Um, now, luckily, we have had a few events and we actually have a, a church, you know, basically I've entertained any offer or any, any group that wanted to meet. Um, we have a church that's meeting with us every Sunday. You know, six months ago, I would have never agreed to a long-term contract like that. Um, but, you know, any, any business is good business at the moment. Um, in most cases. Um, but then also we had a catering kitchen. It's a full kitchen inside the Albany. And so at first my thoughts were, okay, maybe should I reach out to different caterers or food trucks and let them come in and use the kitchen? Because I had a few nights of, I mean, literally sleepless nights on my knees beside the bedside praying, you know, this was about, let me back up. Um, so Corona, you know, really hit mid-March is when everybody realized, you know, the kids are getting out of school businesses started, you know, withdrawing. Um, but at the moment we all thought, okay, six to eight weeks, the kids will go back to school by May. This will all be great. We'll all, you know, shut down and stay to ourselves, quarantine, and this will be good. So we did that. And then about a month later in April, mid-April, um, my business partner, Lindsay Faulkner, our stores are with each other, if that makes sense whatsoever. Um, we moved our stores in together about a year ago. So we share an address, but we still maintain separate businesses. So anyway, I refer to Lindsay as my business partner. Um, she and I were at the store. It was the weekend of Easter. So we were doing curbside, you know, running orders out to, to cars for Easter baskets and things. Um, and I pulled her aside and said, okay, I've, I've had kind of a rough week of knowing, not knowing what to do because I've got Albany, I've got, you know, the utilities and the maintenance and the um, rent and, and, mm. and I'm also refunding brides and events because what else do you do? I feel like that's the right thing to do in this situation where there's, <laughs> had we had crystal balls, we would all be in a lot of different businesses, um, masks and hand sanitizer. So <laughs> anyway, you know, there's nothing you can do to, to prevent this for these people. So I'm trying to do the right thing in every situation. Doing the right thing in every situation. Even though she was experiencing loss financially, she's determined to do the right thing uh, for those who had made deposits, who were putting the financial uh, resources into this, this wedding venture, and she's refunding their money. It's a great uh, example of what really great leaders do. Um, the right thing in every situation. Um, so anyway, back to Lindsay. So I pull Lindsay aside you know, when we're at the store said, okay, I've got some ideas, you know, I've got to make money somehow with the Albany, just to at least pay off the rent until we can get to the next step. Um, 
and she immediately looks at me she says you know i've been thinking some things too let's do it you know um she was 100 percent from the beginning um so we got together that next week and brainstormed an about 10 different ideas of products that we realistically thought we could make or do um and i'll tell you you know one of them was me thinking you know having catering and food trucks come out the only downside to that is obviously your utilities are going to spike and cleaning would be a nightmare because you'd have to clean and sanitize the kitchen after every single use. So that didn't work. Then I thought about making gourmet popcorn, <laughs> but I quickly realized because, you know, we've got this full, you know, kitchen, um, but I quickly realized I did not want to smell like popcorn the rest of my life. So that got struck. Um, so most of the food items are off the table, but you never know. We may still come up with one at some point. Anyways, we had this list, you know, two of those were kind of already strikes. Lindsay had some other ideas too, but we both had sidewalk chalk on the list. And so we kept going back over the list and trying to narrow down and brainstorm, but we kept coming back to boutique sidewalk chalk. And the more we talked about it, it was like, okay, wait a minute. What if, you know, one of us had this suggestion of what if we add glitter and sparkles or what if we add scent? And so this product just started evolving immediately. Um, Amazing. So and what's the name of your company? Hopscotch. It's, so, hopscotch. it's incredible. Um, it's an incredible, thought that's creative and innovative with sidewalk talk and you by the way can find out more about hopscotch if you just uh, check down in the show notes today we're going to put a link to that so they can find you and find out about how they can uh, because you're already sending orders all the way across the country it's just taken wow. off and it, it is the coolest thing um, they look and smell like popsicles or whatever and uh, it's amazing and people are loving it hopscotch so that'll be in the that'll be in the show notes that's Thank awesome um, actually, what I want you to do though, see, this is incredible. You, you have so many, uh, you've had so many ups and downs and you've had to pivot when, when pivot wasn't cool and, and you, you made it, you continue to make it, you, you're continuing to struggle even right now as a leader to find what else, what else? I just heard you say that you don't know what else we'll do. So let's dig in a little bit to you. I need to know how, how in the world is Ashley have those kind of of characteristics that allow her to be resilient and to persevere and to continue to go and grow. Take us back to your childhood. That's not very long ago. I know. I understand. That. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> God. Tell us who were you growing up and how did you grow up? Ashley? So um, I grew up here in Decatur. Um, my parents, my mother, um, lots of little fun facts. My mother's actually originally from Canada and her father was an anesthesiologist. And they, she grew up in Charlotte. And then my father um, from North Carolina and um, his father was a PhD chemist. And anyway, that's how he got to Decatur at one point was through Monsanto. So, so I had roots to Decatur, but neither of my parents really grew up long in Decatur. So when they moved here, it was because of my grandfather having land that he purchased when he was down here with Monsanto. So oh. um, anyway, so I was born in Decatur. Um, and I think I just have always truly had an entrepreneurial spirit um, because I really tried to think about it earlier today of how did I really get myself into all this? Because um, you really have to be crazy to, to take on some of the things I've, I've done. Um, like, but I, my earliest businesses were actually, and I'm embarrassed to tell you this because but my mother will definitely nod and laugh. Um, I would set up a yard sale in our den and make my own price tags and pull out everything from my junk drawers in my room. Like we're talking like the McDonald's toys, the random leftover pencils or erasers off of school supplies, you name it, whatever junk I found in my room um, and would 
set them out on our little, we had like a play table that we do like board games and things on. Right. And so I'd set them up, you know, for a yard sale on our play table with their own price tag, you know, five cents, 10 cents, you know, whatever. And insist that my mother come shop <laughs> the things that she had already bought. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the beginning of a shyster. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, so I, I ran my own general store of junk. Um, I ran my own library. And later, this is terrible. I can't believe, I don't think I've admitted this to many people. I would um, let my mom check out library books. But then, of course, within five minutes, they were overdue. Well, you know what happens when you have an overdue book. This day, still in her wallet, has her library card that I made for her. Love it. So I'm sure at different times she wanted to revoke it I'm because sure she <laughs> once again charged for things that she had clearly already paid for. Um, Actually, I, brilliant. What a I, thought. I did plays like you know we had a the way that our den was set up. We had kind of banisters and steps down, and I would create my own puppet shows or plays. I mean, this this is terrible the more I think about it. And make my mother buy, which why would she keep buying the things? Um, <laughs> anyway, make her buy tickets to watch the plays. <laughs> but of course, do the lot and she would not buy tickets for my sister, even though I'd pout and say, you know, well, she's in the room, she has to buy. And <laughs> luckily they, they did, I promise I was punished for, for things like that, where it was like, no, we're not gonna make you Ashley, that your mom, very wise lady, she knew she, she was facilitating that entrepreneurial spirit in you. She, she, you know, she was helping that. I think she was encouraging that. That or I just wore down basically. Either one, right. <laughs> so that's, you know, those are my earliest memories of really getting in. Uh, so yes, I've basically been a business owner since the age of six. So it's amazing. <laughs> so, so you're, <laughs> you're creating these businesses and mom's going along with it. Uh, Walk us through. What? Who, who were you growing up after that? How, who, who was Ashley as she grew so, up? Growing up, um, I've always been, and that, and I mean, the, kind of in retrospect, you can kind of look back on your life and be like, "Wow, this really did all come together. There really was a big plan." Um, I've always wanted to be in the middle of the party, and which has basically led to all of my businesses. My all of my businesses are social businesses. Um, I've always loved being around friends and family. Um, my mother, again, will attest to, we would get to one place and then my immediate question, instead of saying, you know, what's, what's for lunch or what's this, it'd be like, okay, where are we going next? You know, I never want the, the day to end. Uh, always, you know, when I'm with friends, it's like, all right, we're going to go to dinner and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And they're looking at me like, no, we, we just signed up for dinner. We're not signing up till, you know, two in the morning. Um, and so I've just always loved being a social person. And then mm. in high school, not shockingly, my nickname was mom. Um, I, I was the caretaker of the friends. You know, if, if mom was driving to go out that night, everyone was good. Sure, you can ride with mom, no big deal. So even to this day, my high school friends' parents call me mom. Oh my goodness. And, um, I am mom. That's amazing. That, now that says a lot about you. Oh gosh. How did you get this perseverance though? That, that work ethic, that, that ability to so, you know, something hits, you just go another direction, you keep, you keep plugging, you never give up. Where did that come from? You know, I think it was really because I really enjoyed making my own money and being able to have the choice if I wanted to drive, you know, my car. I, my parents, you know, I was very fortunate my parents did buy a car for me, but I was responsible for the majority of gas. You know, if I wanted new clothes, I had a certain amount of allowance, but beyond that, 
you know, it was on me. So very early on, I realized, okay, if I want the extras, if I want the fun things, the nicer labels or whatnot, I was going to have to work for it. And, um, and so that's, that's what I did. I'm curious, Ashley, and you can just say no, because I'm not sure that you have. Have you, have you stopped to uh, take the little personality test that we give around here called Make a Difference? It, it's on our, our, have you taken that ever before? You know, I don't know if it's Make a Difference. I was in a class with you years ago. Now, I don't know if I've ever talked with you about this. Yeah. When you did something for the downtown merchants of our area. And, and so I did the personality test as far as the four animals. Is that That's, the one? You yeah. Do you remember what you were? Oh, one guess off the charts. Line. I don't think you, you may not, you'll, you'll remember this now. Okay, this is the planner in me. I showed you how I planned for Disney World. <laughs> and it's like, gridded. You went to conquer Disney World, didn't you? <laughs> thank you. We, no, yes. Anytime we go on a vacation or trip, I'm sure Charlie, my husband, just, he, he just kind of learned to roll his eyes and, and, and either speak up quick or roll with the punches because okay. It, the day is planned. There's no doubt about that. You you are um, you're amazing. Is the, is the correct animal correct? Or is what, again, I'm sorry. What? Is lion? Is that am I right in that? Oh yeah. Was oh, yeah. You're a lion. There's no doubt. You're, yes, you're <laughs> very much a lion, and probably with a little monkey thrown in, but um, but but definitely a lion. So if you're interested in finding out what you are, um, you can check out the uh, Make a Difference test. Uh, it's in the show notes. Just. Uh, Click on the link and take the test. Ashley uh, is about to tell you that she was a thoroughbred uh, lion, and actually, uh, she's a lion monkey. Uh, you, you, she's she's both um, an incredibly bright extrovert, lion monkey. And, and so I want to I want you to kind of think with me a minute, and and I want to ask you a, a personal question because that's how we learn and grow, and that's that's really what we're we're going to be about. Uh, on this show, and uh, I want you to think about your life, and I want you to be just kind of think through, slow down, think about something that you have struggled with. What is a struggle? And I know you're an overcomer. I know you captured a hill. I get that. You're amazing, amazing leader. But but help us to know because not everybody has the abilities that you have, and and not everybody. Uh, sometimes lions can make things look really easy because they, they do go pivot well, they do get things done, they are risk takers, they don't mind jumping in. But the truth is, you, you've had some struggles. And um, share with us, what are some struggles that you've had through your life? I think personally, you know, in the back of my mind, whether, I, whether this is something I really want to admit or not, I've always wanted to be accepted. I think that's always been very important to me. And I think that's where a lot of the, the mom feature comes in of, I've always looked to be very kind to people, but, but in the back of your mind, part of my kindness, I think comes from learning to be accepted and to be loved, giving love and, and, and giving the kindness. So I think being accepted is definitely one thing, you know, by, with my parents not growing up here and granted Decatur's changed to some degree, but in earlier days, a lot of was, you know, who you knew or where you grew up and, and, and kind of getting into the right circles or the circles you wanted to be in, being accepted was, is always, has always been very important to me. You know, I think I guess also hand in hand with being, you know, in the middle of the party, making sure that, you know, keeping tabs on where everybody is and making sure that you're, you know, with your friends or everybody's there. Um, the acceptance 
and and also being seen as successful. I think, I mean, I definitely have an ego about myself. You know, I, I will admit that in a heartbeat. I'm very competitive, <laughs> very competitive. And and with that comes, I think, an ego for not in necessarily in a bad way, but I also think, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you kind of have to have that ego and feel that confidence, not an overly confident necessarily, but just the confidence that this is going to work because I'm going to make sure it works. Ashley's success has not come because she just chose to work hard. This leader has chosen to be self-aware and what transparency she just displayed by saying that she has a need to be accepted and she recognizes that need and she has a need uh, to be seen as being successful, uh, that perception. Uh, that self-awareness of that, understanding her, her struggle, is one of the key reasons Ashley has been so successful, I think. And then, or at least if it doesn't work, then I'm going to give it my all so that when I do have to change gears, I can walk away feeling, okay, I did everything I possibly could, exhausted every, every um, avenue to make it successful. So I think, I think that's probably the things I struggle with the most are the, the dealing with the, the need to be accepted. And when there's just going to be times sometimes when you're not going to mess with everybody or you're not going to be everybody's best friend. And that's, that has been hard for me over years, you know, when you, when you realize a friendship's ended or that something's not going to work out or that the business relationship, you know, you just don't met, have that mesh with someone. And then also you know, the ego gets the best of you sometimes when it's like, okay, the writing's on the wall. Either you can, you know, go this route, take this plan, or it's, it's time to, you know, to pivot, like you said, and make a change. You know, that, that, that's amazing transparency. Thank you for that. And thank you for being a bit vulnerable with us because I think that helps us. That helps us to, to know that that's okay. You, you have to work through those things and you are working through those. You're not allowing them to stop you, but you're aware of them. But I got to ask, um, because as a, as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, um, have there been some challenges to, as you are such a strong leader, have you, have you experienced challenges in your business ventures and your entrepreneurial thinking um, being a woman? Okay, here's where you need to lean in. This young leader really astounded me with what she's about to say. Such wisdom uh, from such a, a young leader, but uh, truth is, is what she is about to speak. So lean in right here and uh, get, get what she's about to say. It's really important. You know, there's definitely challenges as far as just the scheduling conflicts and the, the being present. Um, and I look back on my children's lives and, and, you know, I think like any parent does, but especially me, um, have I been there enough? Have I done enough? Have I let the babysitters do too much? Have I let my husband or my in-laws do too much? Because there's definitely been times, I mean, I'll definitely make it to every big event that the girls have, but sometimes those little events are just as important, the, the day in, day out picking up from the school bus kind of thing. And so definitely I think that's on the personal side, that's where I've struggled with here and there of just, have I done enough? Have I been there enough? And I, and I think the answer is yes, but at the same time, I don't know any parent that doesn't question themselves on, you know, something. Um, but, but at the, but you do, you know, no matter what, I think in my case, I, I definitely question, have I, have I missed anything? Have I made sure that the girls know, I obviously know how much I love them, but just showing that that time 
um, especially my older child, Kitty. She loved her as time. She likes, you know, me being around, me being there. And then my younger one is really growing into that also, where she just wants you to sit on a sofa with her. You know, if she's watching TV or playing a game or whatever, you know, it's sit by me, sit by me, sit by me. And so just making sure I have enough of those moments where I'm able to flip the phone over to actually be present with them instead of sitting, yeah, sitting by her, but do I have the phone in my hand? Am I checking an email, checking a text, you know? Um, but luckily, as far as being a woman in the business place, I'm very fortunate that I've had really great people around me. I don't know if it's just the, the situations I've been in or the leaders that have been present. Um, I think it's both because um, early on, I got involved with the Chamber of Commerce here in Decatur. And between that and um, the, my friend Trudy, that was the um, foundation president at our hospital, um, between those, those two groups, they really pushed me and invited me to, to do leadership things, to be part of the chamber, to be part of the foundation board. And, um, and those, the people I've met through both those organizations have led me along in many of my different opportunities and business ventures. So um, luckily I really have not felt any, anything being held back from me because I was a woman, um, which, is, which is great. And I know not every woman can say that. They cannot, but I do think it once again goes to your wisdom. You allowed yourself to be coached. You allowed yourself to learn from these mentors, even as a lion, even as competitive as you were, you knew the value of, of seeking out women and leaders who, who've been there, who may be a, a little bit older than you and, and who understand kind of what you're going through. That's awesome. Actually, that's, that, uh, that is very impressive that, that you, you've allowed that to happen. I have, uh, man, I could just listen to you talk all day. You're, you're amazing. You're so fun. And I love hearing you, but we probably need to turn the corner here and, and close this thing. But as we do, I want you to, to, to kind of think and speak to those aspiring leaders who are listening, uh, men, women, uh, whoever they're listening to you. And you would say, you know, I've been through some stuff in my life. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still growing, but here are some things that you can, that I would suggest some takeaways, some things you can learn. If you had to give them a few tips, what would it be, Ash? I think, you know, first and foremost, surround yourself with kind of like what we just talked about. Um, surround yourself with leaders that have been in different situations, different businesses, ones that you would never dream, you know, would necessarily be someone that you could gain information or, or contacts from and not in a, in a personal networking kind of way, but, but truly just so you can sit back and watch their businesses. There's so many neat people that have done so many great things in our community and I'm sure in every community. Um, so I'd say, you know, surround yourself with really good people. Um, and even the ones that are, you know, may, maybe not your favorites, you still need to also hear their viewpoints because I think that's what makes me a, a good leader sometimes is because I'm willing to listen to any viewpoint. Uh, I may not agree with it, but a lot of times you really wouldn't know what I agree with because I don't, I, I don't, spew off my views and things on Facebook or social media. That's, that's another good point is, is point. your opinions to yourself sometimes because there, there's definitely times where, gosh, it doesn't need to be aired. Um, so, so yeah, surrounding yourself, um, being, being very cognizant of what you put out there. I think that's very important. Um, I don't think I've burned many bridges over the, over the years because I'm very careful with my words. I'm, mm. I try to be at least, mm. um, careful with, you know, what we get involved with, especially with a store or different, you know, um, 
not even political, but just in, in general. Um, and, but, you know, obviously support loving all um, and encouraging businesses from every walk of life. Um, mm -hmm. Other things, gosh, um, I think just being flexible. I mean, there's so many times that, that you know, over the years, things have not gone our way or it's been difficult or um, dealing with the, the ups and downs, especially, gosh, thinking about wedding business. If you're not flexible, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, very, it's practically impossible not to have a, a wedding or to have a wedding without any flexibility because things are gonna change so much. So yeah, I would say those are probably my, my top things, just surrounding yourself, you know, being very cognizant of, of, the, of the image you're putting out um, and then also just being flexible and adapt. Wow, those are great points from a very wise leader. Uh, I can't thank you enough for, for sharing with us today. And if you're listening to this, um, do yourself a favor and, and check Ashley out. Go to, go to her website at, that's in our show notes with her new company, Hopscotch. But she is worth um, kind of leaning into and learning from an exceptional leader who truly is leading from her head, uh, pivoting all the time, but also leading from her heart. And you heard her say how careful she is with her words and investing in others and encouraging others. An incredible leader. You have, have really helped us today. It's been really awesome to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much, Ashley. I really appreciate you. Thanks for making a difference. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Ashley Ashwander. What an incredible young leader. I truly enjoyed listening to her today and learning from her. Uh, she certainly has gone through um, a lot of pivots in, in her uh, leadership journey, but also just her, her attitude, her, her perspective, the truths that she left us with for aspiring leaders really is applicable to all of us uh, to surround ourselves with good people, with mentors, to not spew our emotions, but be in self-control and uh, you know encourage others encourage business and and then be flexible be flexible because life is going to, to throw you curveballs uh, what a what a great time i truly uh enjoyed ashley i hope you did as well and i truly thank you for joining us on crossing the line in order to make a difference we'll see you next time